customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. Cat starts going, meow, all crazy. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. Because I try to let it out the front door. Meow, meow. The cat's still going crazy in there. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, December 15th, and this is part two of our NBA season preview podcast. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Hello, how are you doing, dogs? Hello, dog Tass. We got the Bass Master. He's a fish ripping them lips. Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey! Hey! The international man of mystery taking it to the max. He's a giraffe. Lee Ellis. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> last but not least, making the magic happen. He is a flamingo. It's JD. <laughs> Hello. Hey, there he is. I'm proud JD, to be stand a on What's that, JD? I'm proud to be a flamingo. Yeah, I've seen you get a camera shot on one leg before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, shout out to the stream team. Joining us live right now on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and you like and you comment your little faces off. Uh, you may have noticed last night we've started releasing what we're calling right now No Dunks Nibbles, you know, small clips from our daily that's show. That's for the rabbits out there. Yeah, that's right. A little, a little bit of cheese for you rats out there. Uh, small clips from our daily show that we think might be easier, uh, especially to share with your friends, right? To give them a taste of the show. Uh, we The two we posted last night were Biggest Threat to the Lakers and then uh, us debating, you know, the best and worst new City Edition jerseys. So those are up now. So you're going to get a lot more YouTube content uh, in, in addition to these daily shows. So shout out to the stream team. No Dunks merchandise, I'll just keep reminding you. I don't know, what do you got on there, Lily? Show it I've off got, the people. I've got the Ho 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 Dunks here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
dunks, baby. Trey Kirby, young Santa there looking fly. <laughs> so you can grab that at nodunks.com. Again, we've teamed up with Breaking Tea for this sick new merchandise. Uh, yeah, you got the Good Morning Sweet World mug there. Incredible stuff. So go to nodunks.com to get your ho-ho-ho dunks, young Santa hoodie that's uh, that's a fresh one right there all right and don't forget about the athletics holiday bogo offer buy one gift one you can get an annual subscription to the athletic for yourself and then you can give an annual subscription for free so go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for that pretty sweet deal that bogo deal all right back into our uh what's going to be a week-long nba season preview here with more burning questions jump right to the first question of part two here we're talking awards most valuable player Lili, get us started. Who's your MVP pick for uh, the 2020-21 season? Before I get to that, I just want to say Giannis has won the last two in a row. Uh, and winning two in a row is not uncommon. In recent history, Steph's done it. Lebr- LeBron did it twice. Steve Nash, Duncan, Michael, and Magic have all done it. But to go back to 1984, 85, 86 is the last person to win three in a row. I, guess, I bet you guys can guess who that was. Uh, he was mm. a very streaky shooter, according to Lee Ellis. <laughs> he was Larry a Bird. Shoot. Larry Bird, that's right. So Giannis, you know, I think he's in a great position to win three in a row. I think his numbers are going to be identical to last year. I think the Bucks' record is going to be very, very strong as well. Probably the best in the Eastern Conference. But I think one thing's going against Giannis this year, and I think the fact that his team's flamed out in the playoffs the last couple of seasons, I think that counts against him. I think people are like, uh, you got you have to sort of do something super, super impressive this year to sort of to win us back to voting for that. And so I think I don't think he wins it this year. I'm going with Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is going to do it for a couple of reasons here. First off, he's awesome. The numbers are going to be... The numbers, <laughs> Good reason. The, I mean, the numbers are going to be, what, 26 and 12, a couple of blocks a game. You know, he could be he could be the MVP and defensive player. I know that was in the conversation last year, and Giannis actually did that, and I mm-hmm. think Davis could do that. Uh, I think the Lakers, you know, we talked a little bit about them yesterday. I think that they do have the best seed maybe in the entire league this year. I think even if they're going at not even at full, full speed... I think they still win 50 to 55 games out of, of course, only 72 this year. And Davis is just going to stand out. He's just going to be so... He's young. This is He's in his prime right now. He's got that championship confidence. So I think that is what's going to happen, even if he sits out a couple of games. I just think he's going to almost get that narrative this year of like, he was awesome last year. He, he nearly... I mean, he nearly won it last year as well. So he's going to have that sort of bump this year. And if the Lakers are just dominant from the start, which I expect them to be... I think obviously LeBron's going to be fantastic as well, but I think Davis just sort of is going to stand out a lot more this year and get that sort of attention from the media. So um, you know, I think uh, I think Giannis, like I say, is, is going to be fantastic and put up similar numbers. But uh, but I think Davis sort of just it moves towards him this year because the Lakers are going to be so good and dominant, and he's just going to get a lot of the attention. But can a guy that's playing alongside LeBron James win MVP? That's where I get hung up on AD. You're right. He's an awesome player. The numbers are going to be huge. The Lakers are going to win a lot of games. But you talked about the narrative. I'm sorry, it's still there. LeBron, I think, would still be considered, and who knows, he's getting up there in years, but he, he never ages, so it doesn't matter, that he's still going to be the best player on the Lakers. So then is it? can you wrap your head around the idea of enough voters giving Anthony Davis an MVP? Uh, T- Tass, what's your take on that? Are, are you siding with Lily or more with me. I just don't see that happening if LeBron is playing, you know, whatever, 75, 80% plus games. Yeah, LeBron would have to play far fewer games than Anthony yeah. Davis for yeah. Anthony Davis to win it. Just like last year, LeBron was 
second in voting and Anthony Davis didn't even make some people's top five, which is a, a little bit nuts. But there's a reason for that. That's because LeBron is LeBron and he carries all that weight with him. And he said, I don't believe in load management. So that's a bad sign for Anthony Davis's <laughs> MVP chances. It seems like LeBron's going to play uh, a good amount. What do you? What do you have a? What, what's your take for uh, our coming back at you there, Lily? With that, that that it's like, come on, AD can't win if LeBron's playing. Well, yeah, I mean, that, obviously that's what I considered, but I just sort of feel that this is the year where where Anthony Davis becomes the Lakers' um, statistically better player. I mean, LeBron. Le, look, Le, no one's. Yeah. He was last year. He scored yeah. more than him last year. Scored right, more and, than and I, last I just year. sort of, I almost feel like LeBron is going to want him to get that. Now, award now as well. that's interesting. That's a that's a fascinating take because if LeBron starts saying from night one, yeah. Anthony Davis, he's an MVP. He should yeah. win MVP. Then maybe I can see it happening, <laughs> but I don't think LeBron's going to do that first off. I don't think he's going that far. Hey, defensive player of the year? Sure, have that. Go for that. But yeah, if he actually started like pumping up AD that much to the media, like he's the best player in the game, he deserves MVP, then maybe. But I, I'm. Do you remember how pissed unlikely. he was last year yeah, when he didn't get it? <laughs> then he got second. Yeah, he's like, deserve more votes. And we debated how many more votes did he think he needed. Uh, it sounds like we're talking about the NBA finals here. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis was in the lead for finals MVP after the first two games. And then LeBron said, eh, I'll take it. I'll get me another one here real quick. And I exactly, I agree with you. Skeets and Tass that uh, if LeBron is going to be playing, I don't know, we got 72 games. If he plays 65, I think he's got a much better chance at MVP than Anthony Davis. It'll just be hard for AD because he's playing alongside LeBron, but I guess he can take solace in the fact uh, that he's still one of the five best players in the league, even if he is the second best guy on his team. But uh, I don't know. I'm actually shocked. When I saw Lee was going to be answering this question first, I thought for sure he was going with the donk, Luka Doncic, as your MVP pick. He's the favorite He's got massive buzz right now. He's got the LeBron cosign. LeBron said he wanted to start Team LeBron and Luka would be the first guy to wear it. Unfortunately, he got got by Michael Jordan instead. These guys are fighting over who's going to be wearing his shoes. I think Luka is the favorite for a reason. Wouldn't be surprising if he averages a triple-double. And when you average a triple-double, you get some MVP votes. I got Luka this year. I So, Luka, the, the one thing I think counts against him, though, again, I just think the Mavericks are going to be sort of battling around to be a 500 team. I really do, especially if Porzingis misses extended time. I think you're right, Doncic could easily average that triple-double. I mean, he almost did last season. He's almost done it in both his seasons. So I can see him even putting up the Russell Westbrook 30-point triple-double and carrying so much of a load and standing out. But I just feel that there's going to be a big gap between the wins that the Lakers have and the wins that the Mavericks have to the point where it could be potentially 20 games. Uh, and, and I think that's really what's counting against the Doncic at the moment. I mean, I, I hope the Mavericks do well and I, and I think they're going to be in the playoffs, but I can also sort of see a scenario where it's like Porzingis just can't sort of get himself back and Doncic just has to carry too much of that load. And even though the numbers look great, the wins aren't there to back it up. So uh, I, I think he's probably... That's how Russell player. Westbrook won the MVP. I know, I know. 30-point triple-double, the other star that was on his team wasn't there. Too much of a load. They barely were above 500. He still won MVP. Yeah, I know he did. But I I sort of feel that uh, I I, I think people look at that, though, and think, well, he stat-stuffed his way to getting that triple-double, and we'd never seen that before. And then Russell Westbrook goes out and does it two more seasons. If if Doncic does it, it's an incredible achievement, no question. But it's not that rare to see it anymore. So uh, I, I feel the you, wins... You generally have to be a top, what, four seed to win MVP. But, the yeah, Westbrook I, was a hell of an outlier for yeah, sure. But yeah. I, and, and I don't know who, who would have done that before Westbrook. And, and that's the thing with the Mavs. Where they are right now, I don't see them as a top four in the Western Conference. Right. If Porzingis comes back and if he's able to get healthy, then changes things. But 
I'm, I'm like I was saying yesterday, I'm a little bit concerned about his uh, his durability from Porzingis. So that's why I think that's why I knocked Doncic down a little bit this year. Okay. There's three there's three guys in that exact category. It's Luca, Steph, and Dame. If they can pull their their teams right. to a, a four seed, uh, you know, without the quote unquote star power around them. Uh, they they will get a lot of MVP votes. Yeah, there. I think those are three are in the exact same category. Yeah. Uh, before we get your your pick here, Tass, um, the last I saw, I found one of the you know the odds for MVP pick Donk, as uh, Trey said, at the top of the leaderboard, plus three seventy five. I last saw Giannis plus five hundred. I'm with you, Lee. I don't think there's any chance in the world that Giannis goes back to back to back. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, like. The media just gets tired of voting for the same guy, too. And uh, you're right. His numbers will probably be identical. Bucks might have the best record still in the East or in the league. And I don't think it's going to matter. Curry, then, at plus 850. LeBron, plus 900. AD, plus 900. Harden, plus 1,300. Durant, plus 1,500. And then Lillard, plus 2,000. And then, obviously, guy, many more guys after that. So... Who are you then going with, Tass? Are you going with one of those guys? Are you picking either a Warriors as a top three seed or a Blazers as a top three seed uh, or, or a Donk as a top? Like, or are you going somewhere else? Who you got for an MVP? I think the conditions are perfect for Kevin Durant to win it. It's, 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 just, it's just too perfect. First, like Anthony Davis, he's awesome. And I think we forget <laughs> that uh, Kevin Durant is probably the second best player of this era. Besides LeBron, he's right up there. Him and Steph, I, I would put right up there in, in that conversation. And it is easy to forget. We're too dumb to remember 18 months ago and, and to, because we don't feel it every day as media members, as voters. I know we don't vote, but the people who vote, I think, are in the same boat as us. They haven't seen Kevin Durant in such a long period of time. That absence uh, it plays in his favor. I think they'll, they'll just see him out there on the floor again, uh, you know, one of the better players. Uh, of this era and he's going to work his butt off to try and do it uh, I think one thing we know about Kevin Durant is he loves basketball he hasn't been able to pick it up uh, pick up a ball in 18 months in an NBA game I think he's going to play a ton uh, and I think he is the situation in Brooklyn is perfect for him he's playing for a coach who was his personal coach in Golden State so he knows that uh, the guy that that he's playing for wants what's best for him. Like he, they're in each other's corner. He left that Golden State situation uh, because he didn't feel like he was appreciated. Uh, didn't feel like he was, uh, you know, given that sort of acknowledgement as you know one of the best. Uh, he just didn't feel right. So now I think he's going to go for it, and it just feels like media members uh, are going to appreciate this 32 year old guy who I was I was a little worried as I said in preview number one watching him. I don't like when we get to the older era of a, of a player's career, but uh, Kevin Durant just Kevin Durant. He hasn't changed uh, one bit, and uh, he's going to go after it. And I don't think I don't think Kyrie's going to take any votes off him. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I think it's pretty clear that KD is the number one guy. And and there's just you know Giannis. You guys have said it all. Dame, Lucas, Steph—they're all up there. Harden is kind of disqualified himself by not showing up to <laughs> yeah. camp. Harden would uh, be tough right now, but uh, he was up there. I received an email uh, two days ago that showed the online odds. He was number one on my wow. pick. I'm, I'm okay. not sure why he was up there. He was him and Luca right there. And it, in fantasy, it's Harden, it's Luca who are going to one, two, and then Giannis. Um, but you know, the, the storyline is, it's just not there for, for Harden. Uh, I don't think it's there for Giannis, but I think KD is, Conditions are perfect. You can write that story pretty well. Oh, I would add to that Durant's <laughs> chances of winning MVP is uh, 
you know, he gets twice the amount of games versus Eastern Conference teams than he normally <laughs> does now, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of crappy Eastern Conference teams. Let's be honest here. And, yeah, more uh, than you the know, West for sure. he would only get to see them twice uh, a year for the most part when he's playing in the West. And he's going to get to see them more often. Um, so, yeah, I can see it with KD. And it just depends how often they play, how many games he plays. Do they, do they, do they slow play it because of he's coming back from injury? Maybe he doesn't play a ton of games. Um, I'm sort of, I'm sort of with you, Tess. I think he is actually, uh, you know, gonna try and play a lot of these games so i like his chances my pick i feel like i got a lot of pressure with this pick by the way guys i've successfully predicted the mvp winner in three out of the last four seasons on our show uh i went back to make sure that was true and it is uh in 16 17 i just rode that katie leaving westbrook narrative and i took russell westbrook and so he won and that was a controversial one for sure in 2018-19 i jumped on the honest train for the first time and he got his first one and then last season you know, I'm up in Toronto with JD podcasting in some weird Airbnb, and I had in my notes, I was ready to take Joel Embiid, but you, Tass and Trey, you beat me to the punch. You took, both of you took Embiid to win MVP last year, and I was like, I can't have three of us taking the same guy, so I just pivoted right on the spot and went with Giannis back-to-back, <laughs> and that ended up working out. And then in 17-18, I just had the wrong James. I went with LeBron instead of Harden, so close enough. So again, a lot of pressure here. I feel like I'm on a run. I'm going Damian Lillard. I'm glad you threw him in there, Tass. I am banking on in order of him for him to win this on on the Blazers being a top four, maybe even top three seed in the West. I'm excited about them. I, again, I said it on part one. I was I just forgot how dominant his numbers were. Uh, you know, Dame's were not. You know, you remember the bubble moments, but man, all season long, thirty points per game. He does that, and they win a bunch of games. He's also super well liked. Ben Golliver pointing it out in a. His newsletter starring Lee Ellis out of nowhere uh, that Dame is, you know, maybe the most media friendly superstar. Uh, that helps. That can help uh, with the, the voters. So I'm going to go with uh, Lillard there from a narrative standpoint. Monster numbers. But I'm banking on the Blazers winning a ton of games. And, and like you said, Tass, that same goes for Luka. Same goes for Curry. Um, if they shock a lot of people and are way, way up there in the West, they're going to get a lot of votes. A lot of votes. I like the media angle. I don't know how much it really plays into yeah. it at the end when, when media members are looking at the stats and they see, oh, yeah, it's just kicked friggin' ass. Do I like him? Have I sat down with him for a one-on-one? I'm not sure how much it plays, yeah. but it's fun for us to speculate at the beginning of the year. I think that's something that KD has in his corner as well. He's going to look like a saint playing next to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving <laughs> he's wow. going to take all the junk. We've already seen it. He's playing chess. KD's playing checkers. No, he's not. That that analogy doesn't work, and hmm. I never like that analogy. Um, <laughs> you know, when a guy's playing, when a guy's thinking at another level, he's playing chess. These other dudes are playing checkers. Checkers is fun. Uh, you know, it's it's a <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's much easier. Yeah, of course, kids can play checkers. I get it. Kids can play chess. Uh, yeah, kids can play chess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I, I, you guys are playing chess a little bit here with Damian Lillard. This is the guy that gets snubbed every single vote. Yeah. Every year he's getting it's snubbed true. on votes. He could put up MVP numbers and finish third very easily. I think his case and Donkic's Donka, <laughs> case as well is the same thing, right? You got to win a lot of games and you got to put up those monster numbers as the leader. They're both on teams that... If everything breaks right, maybe they make a conference finals. Uh, but they're not right. necessarily a contender, I, would, I wouldn't I would think. But we shall see how it plays out. I also don't know that the Blazers got a whole lot better. I really like the moves they made, but I don't know if it puts them really in the upper echelon of the Western Conference. And that's what you guys are telling me is going to matter with the donk. So we shall see. No news, though, about 
Nikola Jokic. Nobody mentioning Nikola Jokic. He's a plus 2,500 for this. He's not going to be playing in November. There's less time to get out of shape. He'll be ready to go from the jump. Value-wise, I think uh, Jokic is a really solid pick there. He looks kind of skinny in his media day pictures. He looks ready to go. Um, So I'm expecting another big season from him. Well, I was going to ask, yeah, do you have a wild card pick? So it sounds like Trey's like looking down, you know, the the value picks there. Like he's Cam Stewart looking for a a juicy golfer. uh, (laughs) Jokic, the pick. (laughs) So, okay, you're thinking Jokic. Uh, Lee, do you have a wild card pick? Uh, You know, get a little crazy. Talk talk me into somebody for MVP, maybe lower on the list. Well, I, I think this guy really stepped up his game last season and again down in the bubble he was fantastic. He made the all-star team for the first time. He's only a young guy. I think Jason Tatum really can stand out again this season. Now, he is one of those dark horse picks that I don't realistically think he's going to win it, but he is the Celtics' best player. And if the Celtics are in that sort of top two or three in the Western Eastern Conference, he's going to get so much of that attention. Kemba's great. Jalen Brown is also great. They lost Gordon Hayward this season. Uh, but I think Tatum showed last season he just had improved his game so, so much uh, that he could really, really stand out. I, I could see him averaging, you know, 28 points a game this year, taking some big shots, having some big moments. He, he is a stud already, uh, and I think if the Celtics do uh, cement themselves in that top two or three in the Eastern Conference, he's going to get a lot of the credit for that. All right, 12-time Tatum, making that All-Star game 12 times. Uh, coming up in the future here, Tass, who you got? Wild card pick. Well, you guys have mentioned so many. Throw Trey Young in there. Why the Whoa, heck not? Wow. He was it's like plus the... 5,000 when I saw it. Sounds like you're making money, Cam Stewart. <laughs> throw him in there. He's got the ability to do it. It's You got to drag your team up up the standings, as we've said. Do the Hawks have a chance at a 4-5 or five seed? That would be an incredible feat. They got to make the playoffs first. So that's why it's a dark horse. It's, it's a severe, severe dark horse. But as he said, after one preseason game, which they lost, he said, I am excited as F to play with these dudes. So he, he thinks that there's a lot of ability, a lot of shooting around him with Bogdan Bogdanovich and, and Danilo Gallinari and, and some defensive chops uh, with Clint Capella and friends. So, I, you know, the, I'm down here in Atlanta. We're all down here. So, I, you know, I'm a little pumped uh, to watch them play. So can they be that high in the standings? I think that's a little crazy, um, but that's why it's a dark horse pick. Imagine the takes if Trey Young wins an MVP before Luka Doncic. Oh, <laughs> wow. Did the Hawks mm. win the trade? <laughs> wow. Well, look, look, Donch, uh, last year, Trey Young, second in assists in the league and uh, fourth in scoring. So yeah, he, I mean, they I would, mean like Tass is saying, if the Hawks like suddenly shock everybody in their top four in the Eastern Conference, he's going to have the numbers to back it up. It's very mm. similar to Lillard, right? I mean, it, those, those are the, the type of numbers. Yeah, the trade is interesting. That's that, That'll be always be the conversation Cam Reddish was the guy who they got with the draft pick, right? From Dallas in that trade. It was Trey Young and what ended up being the number 10 pick. Mm -hmm. Cam Reddish is playing like Trey Young, shooting from the logo in that first preseason game, letting it fly. Uh, That that lineup, that roster rotation, I should say, is going to be crazy, crazy to watch. How many friggin' dudes they have that can play. Uh, There's like a dozen, and and Cam Reddish is one of them. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of high on Cam Reddish. I don't don't know why. I, I just like... Maybe he stands out on the Hawks floor because he plays a little defense, uh, but he'll get some minutes. Some of the other guys, uh, their odds lower on the list. Uh, you said Jokic there. Uh, yeah, I saw him at plus 2,800, plus 2,500. You said Trey. Jimmy Butler, I saw at plus 3,300. Embiid, your picks last year's guys uh, for MVP, plus 4,000. Booker, plus 4,000. Westbrook, plus 4,000. 
And then it goes, you know, Irving and Williamson and Mitchell and Paul George and Jamal Murray, Ben Simmons. I'm going with the guy not even on that list for my super dark horse pick. And I think I am drinking the preseason Kool-Aid, <laughs> like a lot of it. I'm I'm drunk off it. John ja Morant. Put me down for a John Morant super, <laughs> super dark horse MVP pick. Man, he looks awesome already. I uh, love the samurai hair look he's got going too with the locks. Whew, if he just takes Spree the Grizzlies. Well, Spreewell wore that for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, that's, yeah. does have a Spreewell vibe. Danny Fortson right, as well. Right. Yeah, Danny Fortson, that's the other idea. Yeah, yeah. He, said, uh, he said he lost his bobby pins, so he had to go right. with the ponytail. Right. He uh, Got to adjust uh, out there. Morant, though, anytime he's got the ball in his hands, and you're just waiting for something to happen. Like, he's, he's just incredibly fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the numbers and the wins is what's going to really yeah. protect him there. But as far as... Uh, League pass alert stuff. He's going to lead the league, I think, in that this season. He's just oh, incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah, a couple of Timberwolves made some business decisions last night when he was driving. <laughs> Town specifically was like, nope, no, thank yeah. you. I will not Where's be Wancho? He's ducking out of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're like, I don't want to be on this poster. It's, it's preseason, no way. Have the dunk, have the dunk. All right, so those are... Uh, our official MVP picks, and then you know some some wild cards, some dark horses, whatever you want to call them. Let's hear from you guys, uh, both in the stream team, who's your MVP pick, uh, and everybody listening to the podcast later. Tweet at us at No Dunk Sync. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, our next question. Which Western Conference team is most likely to disappoint? This is the kind way of asking which Western <laughs> Conference team is overrated. Um, Tass, why don't you get us started? Who's, uh, who in the West is likely to disappoint? Well, there are going to be teams that disappoint in the West because I think legitimately 14 of the 15 teams in the West are trying to make the playoffs, which just doesn't happen year in and year out. OKC, they're not making the playoffs, but I think everybody else is actually trying to get there. So there are going to be teams that don't even make the play-in game mm-hmm. or the play-in tournament that are going to be disappointed. But I, I got to go back to the Houston Rockets. It just feels like... That's, uh, that situation is quite combustible uh, with how many guys, not only number one, don't want to be there in James Harden. Best player shows up days late. You got to go get uh, six uh, coronavirus tests to, to play here uh, days late. They, they, he came one week before the regular season starts. Your best player is showing up when you've got a new ball handler in Jalen Wall, uh, two new centers in DeMarcus Cousins, uh, and Christian Wood, it just feels like with him and P.J. Tucker, who don't coach. want to be there. Uh, yeah, a new coach and Steven Silas, a brand new coach who's, who's never uh, run a team on his own. Plus all these guys who are so injury prone or, or have injury histories and John Wall coming off a, a, a severe injury that had a huge setback while he was recovering from that injury. There's just so many moving parts. 
even though you want to drink some preseason juice, John Wall looked great. Marcus Cousins looked fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, what's, but what's what's going to happen with James Harden? Uh, that that has to start the conversation. And then is it a team, uh, you know, without James Harden and, and some, you know, probably good parts they get back for him to go along with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins in a setting that just, it, it just doesn't feel all that good from the outside looking in. Now, are they going to build a culture to to destroy all that that garbage that they had last year? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they sort of write that ship. I just don't. So I, I think Houston is a team that will be on the outside looking at. Again, because the West is so freaking deep. I say 14 teams, but, you know, the Kings probably aren't going to make it. Spurs and Wolves are going to be really hard-pressed to make it, but they're going to be trying. They're going to be trying, yeah. Uh, so that, that I see the Rockets, you know, if they make the play-in tournament, I think that's good for them. Uh, even though they got freaking talent out the wazoo, there's just, there's just so many question marks. Yeah, I'm with Tass on this one because... I have a lot of faith in the teams in the Western Conference. All the teams that are supposed to be good, I'm like, yeah, I buy it. I, I feel like I've seen you perform in the past. Ergo, you should perform in the future. But it's easy to see the Rockets season this year going the same way the Warriors did last year, right? In this scenario, James Harden would be the Kevin Durant. Suddenly, he's not there anymore, perhaps. Maybe you get a couple of big injuries. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson both went down last year. That could be the case with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, both recovering from major injuries. Suddenly, you're out your three all-star level players. Maybe P.J. Tucker is the Draymond Green. Without anybody around to pass him the ball, he's not as interested in playing defense. Suddenly, your team is very bad. The bad part for the Rockets is they don't have three titles in their past to celebrate and going forward in the future they wouldn't therefore be bringing back James Harden it's easy to see a rocket season going off the rails but uh I'm with you Tass I do like that John Juice he's looked all right in in the preseason DeMarcus Cousins has looked all right in the preseason but this is a team that it doesn't feel like we're going to be watching this same team in three or four months and they would be getting worse in that scenario so I think it's easy to see them falling out of the playoffs falling out of the play-in tournament uh Sucks for the Rockets, but it felt like an end of an era over uh, over the offseason, and it feels like it even more so now to me. Yeah, it's fair. Again, we were talking about the Rockets being a tough team to predict because if Harden's there, they're still probably good, you know, decent. And if he's not, then yeah, it, it, it could be leaning into, obviously, a rebuilding type of mode. Um, but then again, how good is John Wall and Cousins? How good is Wood for them? Yeah, they're, they're a tough one to figure out. But you guys are saying... Uh, Ultimately, they're probably going to disappoint and uh, be on the outside looking in of that play-in tournament. Lee, who do you got in the West as someone, again, basically we're just saying, who might be a little overrated as we start yeah. this season? Well, I don't know if this team's overrated or not, but they got the number one pick in the draft. They made a few additions in the offseason, but I really don't see a significant improvement in the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they've got D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, their buds, they're playing together. But this team offensively should be able to score enough, but I just really can't see how they're going to stop anyone uh, defensively for too long and just just bank those wins. I, I mean, it's, it's tough in the West. I mean, there are a lot of competitive teams, and I just sort of just don't think it's going to be much better than it was last year. I mean, Anthony Edwards, they got the number one pick in a draft where the guy doesn't even really want to play basketball. So, uh, you know, I don't know how that just bodes for them going forward. So they've moved some pieces around. This is a huge year for Carl Anthony Towns. He can really either establish himself as a legit, you know, superstar and and put up those big numbers and just drag his teams to a few wins, or he's going to be one of those guys who are like, he's good, but he doesn't seem to move the needle all that much for his team. I think, uh, I think that's where he's at right now. And he may, I sort of spoke about this last year, sort of say, I want out of here. That could also be on the table for him as well this season. So um, I think Minnesota just uh, are going to be kind of where they were last year 
on the outside looking in, I, I really don't think they've um, improved enough to, to sort of put themselves... I mean, if they can make that play in tournament number 10, that would be a huge season for them. But uh, that's, I think, where they are at the moment. Yeah, I actually, unfortunately, went with the Wolves too. I say unfortunately because there's no one I'm rooting for more right now in the league than Carl Anthony Towns after what he just went through, you know, losing his mother and, what was it, six other family members to, to COVID. Um, and he's even talked about, like, basketball is probably the last thing on his mind right now. Mm. Um, so that, you're, you're rooting for him. You're hoping he does well. But I'm with you, Lee. Uh, I think they're going to be uh, one of these teams that's not playing in the play-in tournament and also, they're not trying to actively lose here. They're not purposely trying to lose. They don't have their draft pick. I mean, so it's not like they're even like, oh, yeah, awesome. 21, 21, uh, 2021 draft uh, class was awesome. Let's go get one of those big names. No, they're probably not going to have it. You know, on paper, Kat, D'Lo, uh, Josh Koji, Malik Beasley, Rubio back there, uh, uh, Hernan Gomez, uh, Jake Lehman, Culver, who had a rough rookie season. Uh, and then you said Ed- Edwards there. You got McDaniel's. Like on paper, I guess, like pretty solid. But I don't see how they're uh, they're overall better than Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Pelicans, maybe Spurs, maybe even like we talked about the Rockets. Like I just think there's too many teams that are better than them. Uh, again, if everybody is healthy, ah, uh, that's that's a, a again when you don't have your pick and you're trying to get into the playoffs because you're not tanking for any reason, and then you're still outside. That's That'd be bad. And you saw, you brought up Townsley about like, you know, does he just get monster numbers, but it doesn't translate into a lot of wins. I saw Real GM's Colin McGowan. He compared Towns' NBA career so far to a young Washington Bullets, Chris Webber. And uh, I had never thought about that comparison. I went and checked it just sort of see what the numbers are like. Very comparable. Like, you know, monster offensive numbers. Obviously, we know how talented they are on that end of the floor. You know, an all-star appearance or two early in their careers. An injury-riddled season or two in their careers. But a bunch of disappointing sort of team performances. Both of them at this point, you know, if you're just looking at like first five seasons, one single playoff appearance, right? Uh, You know, this was Weber playing one year with the Warriors and then a bunch of years with the the Bulls before making his way to the Kings. He made it one year, and right now Towns is too with the the Jimmy Butler experiment there with Tibbs. Uh, I think it's comparable. Uh, But then that's maybe a good thing for Towns, I guess is what I'm getting at. Weber went on to have... You know, no, look, not a Hall of Fame career yet, right? But a good career. Oh, uh, a good finding career. his way yeah. in Sacramento for sure. So at his best, he was you know top two or three in the league there for a couple of years. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And and Towns has got a nice offensive game. You know, he can score, he can shoot, he spreads the floor. It's just, it's just that sort of. There's something missing though, where it's just like, oh, Towns tonight was refusing to let his team lose. You know, he's just going to go yeah. out there and, and just and just force a win on his team. That's where he's he's struggling at the moment. Yeah, so I, I have the Wolves. I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. I think uh, they could disappoint because, again, they, they're playing to get in, and, and they have some talent there, and they made some moves. You know, Beasley, is he an overpay? I don't know, but I just don't see them better than a lot of those teams we just uh, just listed, unfortunately. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is going to come in and save the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, RHJ, he should probably end up starting for him just because they needed the defense Maybe. alongside Towns. They had a 16-game losing streak and a 13-game losing streak. A lot of that was with Towns out, but he also went 1 for 19. Uh, one, 1 in 18, 1 yeah. out of 19 games he won in his last 19 games played. And like Lee's saying, they did bring in the number one draft pick. That helps, but there's not a whole bunch more improvements around there. It really feels like Minnesota has fallen off the map. It's just a team that's not really in the mix at all right now. They had a lot of trade rumors last year. You know, they finally brought in D'Angelo Russell to appease Carl Anthony Towns, it felt Mm -hmm. like. But that's about it. 
Yeah. Uh, not much basketball talk. They only played one game together, I guess, right? Those two yeah. guys uh, last year. And, and they should be great offensively. It's Yeah, can they get stops? You know, hopefully Rubio helps with that. You said Hollis Jefferson as well. Um, it, it, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see, Wolves fans. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to Ricard Rubio getting back there in Minnesota. He's a fan favorite. He's mm-hmm. probably going to stabilize D'Angelo Russell a little bit. Like Those two are going to play together, I think, even though Anthony Edwards is there. And it, it is kind of crazy to say this, but if there's any situation or any organization that can help Carl Anthony Towns move forward uh, with everything he's going through with his family. I heard this on the lead podcast with John Krasinski and K- Kavitha Davidson. It was a, a really telling episode about Carl uh, Anthony Towns and losing his mom and, and the six family and friends that, that he's lost. But Rubio lost his mom when mm-hmm. he was a member of the Timberwolves earlier in his career. Anthony Edwards lost his mom early. Um, Flip Saunders obviously passed away. Ryan Saunders, his son, the head coach. So there's there's going to be an understanding there, putting their arm around Towns and trying to get through this together as a team. Can Towns, you know, try and try and channel that? Because he just he, when he did get on that Zoom uh, media day, he just seemed like, man, I don't want to play basketball. Uh, and obviously, that's that's totally totally fair. So can he can he channel that to to wanting to play? And can the organization sort of pick him up and and, and because they have all the offensive weapons. They have so many offensive weapons. But, you know, everybody was expecting Towns to turn around one day defensively. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe it comes. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You know, these, these teams, in theory, could all be very, very tight, especially in a shortened season, right? We're, we're chopping 10 games off here, down to 72. We could have some very fun races for, like, you know, these the seedings and then let alone that play-in tournament. I think teams are going to be, you know, the, not a lot of wins is going to differentiate some of these teams that we're talking about here. But let's jump from the West to the East. Same question. Trey, you get us started. Which Eastern Conference team most likely to disappoint? I've got faith in pretty much every Western Conference team and zero faith in most <laughs> of the Eastern Conference wow. teams. I can feel... Like every team could be the disappointing team here. The East is wide open this year. You know, the Bucks likely will still have the best record in the Eastern Conference. But to me, the only answer for most likely to just a point is still the Bucks because it's championship <laughs> or bust until Giannis writes his name on that line. Once he writes his name on that line, it's still championship or bust. <laughs> We've seen the way the NBA is these yep. days. They made a great move getting Drew Holiday. We've talked about the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation so many times. Are they meaningfully better? Are they... Have things changed enough for the Bucks to make it um, to address the concerns that they have come playoff time? No doubt Eric Bledsoe being gone is an advantage. Drew Holiday is an upgrade over them, but I feel like they're still searching for that fifth guy to close out games for them. You're going to have Giannis, you're going to have Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, likely Brooke Lopez. And who's the fifth guy? They still need the fifth guy. Dante DiVincenzo, maybe he's that guy. We shall see. They almost traded him this summer. You know, they, they were ready to move on from him if they were going to be able to upgrade so certainly they think that there's an upgrade to be had there. Like Lee was saying, that it's going to be tough for Giannis to win another MVP. His numbers are going to be there. The regular season success is going to be there, but they still don't necessarily have a perfect five-man lineup, which means Mike Budenholzer will probably play very many guys. Uh, it just <laughs> feels like the same old story with the Bucks. It's a good story to be in. You know, the Bucks didn't have a long history of playoff success before Giannis got there. They're still better having him than if they didn't, but you don't want to see a guy win back-to-back MVPs, put up another season of MVP numbers, and fall short once again. Maybe the Drew Holiday move is all they really needed because I don't think Bobby Portis is going to be the savior coming off the bench. What about but, Torrey uh, Craig? Torrey Craig, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I would have rather had Wes Matthews, to be honest. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I, I think the Bucks did good to get Drew Holiday. They improved. He was the biggest target they could have acquired, but it doesn't address all of the problems that we've seen for the past two seasons when it really matters. All right, so Trey going right to the playoffs with this mm. uh, with his answer here. Yeah, He's talking about the Bucks are obviously going to be in there, but will ultimately come up short, losing in, like let's say, a second round again or something like that, or conference finals. Uh, what about you, Tass? Are you going with a, you know, a, an elite team that might come up short in the playoffs, or are you going with a team that might not make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? Well, I'm going with a team that many team streamers, stream teamers? Stream teamers um, believed yesterday was an elite team. I want to try and rile them up again. I said the Raptors were not amongst the absolute elite in the Eastern Conference. I think there's four there, four teams, and the the Raptors are with the Sixers below the Nets, Bucks, um, the Celtics, and who's the fourth I'm missing? The Heat? The Heat, yes. I I think those four at the top. But the Raptors, I think, are in in that slight tier below them and, and I think there is a chance that if there's one injury to one of their big guys or uh, if they decide hey we're not ha- we're not in a great position here uh, to have a big playoff run that maybe they start to disassemble that team maybe Kyle Lowry's gone even though it feels like he should be a lifer uh, I, I just wonder how that Tampa A situation is going to go for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just wonder if they're going to start sending out some parts, really. Uh, because I, I do think after Marcus Ole and Serge Ibaka left, and uh, I'm a huge Aaron Baines fan, love me some Aaron Baines, but it is a bit, they have declined just a little bit in, in terms of their roster. I, I don't think there's a, shouldn't be a question about that. I, I wonder if, if things aren't going well, most likely. Like, m- m- that That's the sort of the, uh, the instigator, the impetus for me thinking that it won't go well for the Raptors this season, but they could obviously be a top four seed because they always overachieve. It seems like with, <laughs> uh, with all these guys, they still do have Fred Van Vliet. They still do have Kyle Lowry in their backcourt. Pascal Siakam, I think will have a bounce back year, even though he had a, he had a really solid year, but bounce back from those playoffs. I expect them to play well, but at the same time, uh, I, they have left room for that 2021 20, offseason for a reason, because they are positioning themselves for both both situations. Masai Ujiri is ready to pivot, uh, depending on what happens. And uh, I want to see what happens with uh, Paskey. I'm looking forward to Pascal Siakam's bounce back. I mean, they, they are sort of riding his back right now, uh, but they're, they're also opening the door for 2021. It's a smart task. You're purposely doubting the Raptors, <laughs> knowing that it's going to encourage them. It's going to fire them up more. That bulletin board material and make them actually better. Man, you're, you're, you're playing chess. See, this is a perfect <laughs> example. You're playing chess with that pick there. That's yeah. not checkers, my man. I like that what you're doing. But I hear you. Um, yeah, that's going to rile up Raptors fans. Uh, no doubt. I actually disagree with where you have them in the rankings. Like, I don't think they're second tier. Or at least I don't think some of those teams you had above them in the first tier, let's say are like leaps and bounds or, you know, in a tier above the wraps, especially the Heat, um, who actually is my pick to disappoint. Um, I would, I think I would maybe flip where you have the Raptors in the Heat, in the tiers, uh, talking, um, breaking that breakdown. Because I think the Heat, uh, they're an awesome team. There's no doubt. And they still have a lot of their pieces. They kept a lot of their guys. Uh, they didn't go long-term with a lot of their guys. You talked about the Raptors setting up for 2021. Well, the so are the Heat uh, with potential big names in play that they can make a move. 
But I just wonder, was the bubble like the absolute perfect scenario for a Jimmy Butler Miami Heat team? Uh, it, that it proved to be true. They played incredibly. He was like ne- he was unreal. I mean, he wasn't that great in the regular season, like the normal regular season. And then Jimmy Butler in the bubble with his big face coffee was a top ten talent. I just wonder. In a more, quote-unquote, and I'm doing air quotes here, normal season, uh, does he fall back to earth a little bit? Tyler Hero, again, he had ups and downs uh, sort of in the regular season, and suddenly he was one of the best rookies we'd seen uh, in bubble play. Other contributions, Jay Crowder is now gone. He was awesome for them. I don't think he ever missed a three-point shot. I just think the Heat are going to, like, not not fall off. They're not going to be out of the playoffs by any means, but I don't see them going back to the conference finals, I guess. is what, Or the finals, excuse me. Uh, I just think it was the perfect storm there. That Disney World. They're big Disney World guys, I guess, is what it turns out. Um, I just think they're going to be good. You know, similar to what really they were during the regular season. I mean, they were a fifth seed, right? Um, I have them right there, fifth or sixth or something like that. And in a way, I think it'll disappoint because I just don't see them going all the way to the finals. Um, even 29 and 7 spot. at home last season and 15 and 22 on the road. Remember, they were like the Sixers. They could win all the yeah. time when they were playing in Miami, not so much on the road. Definitely the bubble helped them just because they're yeah. a team that really knows how to lock in. Jimmy Butler out there working hard and being the man, but it's going to come down <laughs> to matchups for them. If they get the Bucks again in the playoffs, they'll beat the Bucks again in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. They just don't know how to guard them. Uh, Milwaukee doesn't understand how to stick to all those shooters out there, and that's what the Heat are going to do. Bombs away. That's fair. Look, and you're right. Like, Duncan Robinson is still there. Hero, in theory, could be better. He might be even starting for them. You know, Jimmy does take it to the next level in the playoffs. Bam might get better. I get all that. They're well coached, of course. They still have uh, some other talent that they've brought in. You know, Harkless in there and stuff like that. I guess Avery Bradley there as well. I just don't think they're... At the end of it all, I think it'll be a disappointment because they won't go to the NBA Finals. I'm banking on that. I don't, just don't see it happening. I think the some improved teams in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, you're right, Trey. It's matchups. Like I could easily see the Heat losing a first-round series uh, depending on who they're playing. If they're a fifth or sixth seed, uh, you know, playing a playing a Celtics or a Sixers or something like that. It could be a, a very difficult series for them. So I'll go Heat. Um, who hasn't answered this one? Is it me, you, Lee? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I've actually got two. I've got two teams I tied. I couldn't split these two uh, because they both improved in the offseason, but how much is the key for me? Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, for one, they got LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Uh, LaMelo, we've seen, he's a little bit like Ja Morant. He's going to have the highlights, but how much of a sort of impact is he going to have on winning games because the shooting is That's still... an insult to Ja Morant. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, haven't you seen already? LaMelo's been flipping the ball all around the back. He's been great. Like, the highlights are there for him. But do that. Has he hit a shot yet? Tell me when he hits a he shot. Hit one, he hit one three yesterday, okay. I think, last night. Yeah. Turns that, out that's important I, usually. I wonder, but, why, okay. I wonder what Laval, though, was doing with his kids, why he wasn't working on that show when he, when they were kids. Because they've got the talent, but they've got some ugly shooting styles out I there. I mean, they all um, made the NBA. So. Yeah. I know, well, but Leangelo's that's what I'm saying. Like, he's off the Pistons. Yeah, Leangelo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. But uh, anyway, and, and then Hayward. Uh, Hayward, you know, a good player. They spent a lot of money on him. Um, you know, but he's another one. How much does he improve that the Hornets? Do they make the playoffs? Because they desperately need to make the playoffs as well. This team. Um, and the other one is the Hawks. There's the the Hawks have almost got too many players right now. Too many guys fighting for positions, and you just wonder. Like it's obviously Trey Young is the key for that team. You know, and and he he's going to put up his numbers, no doubt about it. Gallinari, I mean, he was good in the bubble, but I think they overpaid for him. And I'm Ron- shocked. I'm shocked that they agreed that he was going to be a bench player when they signed that contract. Uh, he yeah. said that on media yeah. day. I was shocked to hear. For sure. Yeah. 
And and you know he'll have his moments. There's no doubt. It's good. He's a good shooter. He's going to have that. And, and and Rondo doesn't play in the regular season anyway. So they also <laughs> they added him. They got Chris Dunn, a young guy who's already bounced around a little bit. Um. So and then what's this? What's happening with John Collins there? There's a, there's an unquestion, uh, an unanswered question there with John Collins. Is he a part of the future or not? Because if he is, and they have to pay him. If he's not, then they may as well move on from him. Uh, and they added some other big players that it's kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure what they really feel about John Collins right now. So I think the Hawks are better than they were last year. But again, I don't Absolutely. see them. Just, I don't see them rocketing up the Eastern Conference, though. I don't. I don't see them. I, I think sixth is probably the absolute ceiling for this team right now, uh, which is which is an improvement. <laughs> It'd take that. a huge season. They would take it, but uh, I think even then, that's like everything has to fall into place for them, and, uh, and I'm not. I'm just not sure that all those moves and, and where they are right now, they've still got some pieces to figure out exactly You know who's getting the minutes and what roles they're playing. Until they figure that out, um, I'm just not sure who's going who's, to, who is the best, what is the best version of this team today? Yeah, no, there's a lot of questions. Lloyd Pierce is going to have to figure that out. I think he's going to be like, if they get off to a slow start, I think he could be on a hot seat too. For sure. Because the, the expectations, you're saying it, Lee, from management, from ownership is like, we got to get in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> we're in the Eastern Conference. We should at least be in the playoffs. Uh, and we want to keep Trey Young happy moving forward. So we went and made all these moves, made all these like big signings and Gallinari and Bogdanovich and stuff like that. And we did the Capella move last year. He didn't even play. Like, on paper, you're right. They got a lot of good guys. Um, so Pierce has got to figure out the lineups and, and and put some wins together. Get some stops, too, because the offense, you know, is going to gonna hum when you got Trey Young leading it. But I, I, I hear you on the expectations. They, so that, in turn, if they don't live up to it, could be disappointing. For but sure. uh, I yeah. think, Pierce, uh, you, were, you were agreeing it sounded like Trey. Like, he's got to make them into the play. He's got to get them there. Or I think he could be short-lived there in Atlanta. No doubt about it. Uh, there's pressure for the first time yeah. in his uh, coaching career in Atlanta, and that means uh, we're spending a lot of money. We've got a superstar player who we need to keep happy, who wants to see some W's in the columns. Uh, we need to make the playoffs. We need to, at the very least, they need to be the 10th seed. They need to make the play-in tournament if they have another season like last year. That's certainly a disappointment in Lloyd Pierce. Uh, I think his job could be in jeopardy. You know, we were talking about them as a potential playoff team this time last season, not this time, but, you know, the the, <laughs> the theoretical this time last season. And John Collins got suspended right away and that pretty much submarined their season. They were yeah. never able to make a run at the playoffs. And we started hearing buzz about Trey Young wanting some changes around. They got the changes now, which means they need to make the improvement. I think they will make the improvement. I think having a lot of guys will be beneficial this season, playing yeah. so many games in such a short time frame, not to mention... What's going to happen if any teams have COVID diagnoses? We've already seen it going around the Chicago Bulls. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be beneficial to have a lot of players. There still are unanswered questions with Collins. And, I don't know, I do have faith that Trey Young's going to be a solid player, that he's going to be able to lift this team to respectability. But a sixth seed? That seems pretty... Uh, if, if they're talking sixth seed and they fall short of that, that is a disappointment. So I would uh, set your sights a little lower. Yeah. Eight would I, be a huge seed. I, th- I think, yeah, I think eighth is a nice little goal. Like, even if even if they could, I guess, avoid... Yeah, what's, to avoid the play-in tournament, you have to be sixth. You're right, right? Because it's yeah. seven through ten now. So, yeah. If they're seventh or eighth, I'm sure they're very, very happy with that this season. You, they're looking for a breakout from one of these young guys, too. Like, you, you threw out a couple names earlier, Tass. Like... You know, maybe like a Hunter or a Reddish or a Herder even, like going to the, a little bit of a next level in their game would be huge for, for the Hawks in bringing in all those guys along with Trey Young. And, and I, it's, it's in play, um, but I could see if they come up short, very, very disappointing. And, and, and Pierce will be gone, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm jacked to see 
which one of those three really they're their top draft picks from the last couple of years deandre hunter and cam reddish going into year two here and then kevin herter the year before uh whether or not they can take that leap are they going to get enough minutes kevin herter yeah, it's right. highly unlikely uh, that he's going to get a, a ton of minutes i mean they want to play him um but now with bogdan bogdanovich in front of him uh, and then you got to play, you know, DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish. There's, there are a lot of minutes um, that are going to be that are going by the wayside for those guys. DeAndre Hunter played a lot last year. Uh, people are drinking the juice on him in the preseason that he's he's looking good. I, I just wonder how it's all going to shake down with that roster because I'm excited about so many of their guys. And then they go and draft uh, Anyeka and Kongwu uh, to back up Clint Capella. Uh, he he's a, I think underrated at the number six spot they got him at. Uh, but is he going to play? John Collins is going to play the four or five. You got Danilo Gallinari. There's just so many names. How are they going to develop? Uh, and you know, there's there's some chatter out there, and a, a stream teamer Pranch mentions Harden to the Hawks uh, because if if oh, James that'd Harden be trouble, <laughs> yeah. strip clubs are too good here. Hey, he's handled Houston. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Houston. Maybe that's his power. That's like his spinach. That's like the reports, right? He'd just go to the strip club till 4 a.m. and then he'd show up and score 50 the next night. Yeah. yeah it was Same Travis- day, I guess. Right. But that backcourt, that backcourt with Bogdanovich and Trey Young, uh, defensively, that's an issue too. That's yeah. where, I mean, they've got defensive issues anyway, the Hawks, but it starts right there because they're just such small guys, not great defenders. So that's why they're hoping their wing guys. Exactly. That's why they go get Hunter, Chris Ron. Yeah. yeah then Ron, Reddish. You know, if Rondo but, plays like he plays in the playoffs, yeah. it's unlikely. During that but again, season, that's but yeah. where, you know, you can't, you, you know, you can't have all those guys out there on the floor at once. So no, no, they, no. they're going to, they're going to be exposed at times, but, uh, and they yeah. have to improve on both ends because although Trey Young is an all-star, I think they're 27th in offense. They're, they're 27th and 28th defense offense. One, one of those flip, flip them around, but they're bad yeah. in terms of executing, even as good as Trey Young was. And John Collins not being around for a big chunk of it was part of it. But to jump up from a non-playoff team to a playoff team, it means you got to jump up on both sides, really. Like you, you got to be either good and good on both sides of the floor uh, uh, to make the playoffs or you have to be elite on one side and crappy yes. on the other. And right. so that's going to be that's going to be hard, hard pressed to do, especially with finding the just the, the patterns for those guys in the rotation. And can young guys come in and execute? I do agree that um, it helps to have deep bench right now uh, in, in this scenario. But if I'm DeAndre Hunter coming into year two and my minutes get reduced and I'm coming in on spot minutes. Am I going to perform? It's just hard for young guys to do that. So uh, they got the names. It's a fun roster to look at. It is. It uh, is. There's a lot but... of like notable names. Like, it, it's, uh, we'll see what they do with it. All right, let's get to our next question here. Um, another award question. My favorite. The most improved player. Tass, who do you got? I'm, I'm already worried about this award, but who are you picking? <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually gonna pick this guy but i know you don't like skeets oh yep uh oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah when you pick a guy going into a second year yep. especially a guy who didn't play for the first couple months of the yep. season just came in and got a little oh, taste sick. there's gonna be some crazy votes for the for the z-man crazy votes. for zion williamson oh zion no i didn't even think that's who you were gonna go uh but who, that's an interesting one i thought you were gonna go with michael, michael porter, porter jr yeah. yeah michael porter also cheating although people yes. are definitely People are picking him, um, but I, I'm going to take another guy. Uh, and because I have got no shame in my game, I picked this guy last year to win it because I made the <laughs> dirty move of going 
with a guy in his second year. Shea Gilgis Alexander last year. Oh, yeah. And so I'll pick him again. They're giving him the keys in OKC, which I'm, I'm a little worried about him winning most approved uh, because of the f- two reasons. One, uh, I think you can just focus on Shea Gilgis Alexander if you're an opposing coach. Let's just try and take him away sure. uh, because there's just not a ton of weapons around him. Uh, and, and second, maybe he improved too much last year to win this award. How much is he going to? How much is he going to improve uh, on 19 points per game that he had last year? He went from 11 in his rookie year to 19 last year. I do believe he's going to come back after that humbling playoff performance in that one series against the Houston Rockets. But if coaches can focus on him on a team that I think is probably going to finish 15th in the Western Conference, right. dead last, uh, I'm not so high on this. But uh, I'm doing it again just because I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit angry that he didn't get enough recognition last year. He was sort of on the periphery of the the most improved player talk last year because of that those numbers I said. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just worry. Um, I don't know how worried you are, Skeets, about a guy just being able to be focused on. He's playing with yeah. Al Horford. Um, yeah, you're going to hope Al Horford's sexy eyes draws a lot of the attention <laughs> from the opponent and then uh, SGA can break free. Yeah, I mean, I think it would take something like, and I don't think it's that far-fetched before I say this, it would take him averaging like 25, 5, and 5, right? Something along those lines. Like, really? Well, you guys said he was going to win MVP, right? But, Didn't right you get it? <laughs> yeah, Trey and I have some crazy bets going and future bets with SGA, but, you know, he'd have to shoot, continue to shoot great from the floor and he'd have to, you know, obviously hit the three ball. If he averages 25, 5, and 5, I mean, will it even matter if OKC is the worst team in the league? I, He's an all-star. He'll, he'll He's averaging votes. 25-5. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> right, right. So, I, I got, is that that far-fetched on that team? I mean, somebody's going to have to lead the team. They're handing the keys to him, as you said. I mean, he's going to probably get his, but you made a great counter. If the other team just says, that's the only guy we got to worry about, <laughs> uh, you know, it might be easier to take him out. So, uh yeah, I like that pick, though. I like you doubling down on it, even though I didn't like you doing it Yeah, in his second year. Because I think you said Zion, and I think Michael Porter Jr., you could see why he's already gating the buzz because he's going from very limited numbers. What, he averaged like 9-5 and five or something like that in his rookie year. And, you know, is it far-fetched to think him with Jeremy Grant gone? Like, he gets a bigger role. Is he averaging like, I don't know, 17, 18, 19 points per game, right? Uh, very he's going to get the opportunity. Reasonable jump. Sure. Uh, and if the Nuggets remain one of the top teams in the West, he's getting more exposure. You know, he's just you're, you're, he's playing the big games on TNT and stuff like that. I could see people voting for him. As much as that upsets me, because I hate a second-year player winning most improved. But Shea is in his third. I guess Porter's sort of yeah. technically in his third because he didn't play in his uh, in his first year there. But who do you have, Trey, for MIP? Well, I just did a quick look up here, Skeets. Uh, players who averaged 25-5-5 last season, Harden, Giannis, LeBron, Doncic, Russell Westbrook, and Kyrie okay. Irving, and just okay. a handful of games. So, yes, if, if SGA comes out and puts up MVP numbers, I think he might be able to take home the most improved player okay. award. But my pick, DeAndre Ayton of okay. the Phoenix Suns. First reason, he's already pretty good. 18-12 and 12 last year. Shot 55% from the floor. Made strides on defense. Uh, looked a lot more competent. Looked like a guy who maybe not is the centerpiece of a defense, but is not a detriment to your defense. And this year, he gets to play with Chris Paul. We've already seen Chris Paul during the preseason yelling at DeAndre Ayton <laughs> about where to be on the floor. This is the preseason. Chris Paul made another DeAndre. DeAndre Jordan into an all-star, into an all-defensive team kind of player. I think we're getting a little bit kinder, gentler version of Chris Paul here. He was 
nicely yelling at DeAndre Ayton, I thought. I thought he was a little more chill than he was when he was yelling at DeAndre Jordan for not shooting that layup with time left on the clock. I just think it's going to very much improve uh, DeAndre Ayton's career prospects playing alongside Chris Paul. He's going to set him up for easy baskets inside. He's going to get him the lobs and the dunks. He's going to get him post touches, and he's going to have him in the right places on defense. The Suns should be an improved team. And I think that uh, Aiton could get some votes for MIP. Uh, yeah, I like that. That Chris Paul bounce could be real. Uh, that's a good pick, DeAndre Aiton. Uh, I mean, that's why we're talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander at all in the first place, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, because he was paired up. He learned under Chris Paul. Hey, look, with MIP recently, you do have to make that jump, it appears, to an all-star level, Lily. So I don't know if you're continuing with that uh, thinking. Um, it's usually a good guy that goes to an, uh, you know, an all-star type of level, even sometimes an all-NBA type of level with, you know, I don't have the list in front of me, but your Oladipos and your mm-hmm. Paul Georges from years past and stuff like that. Who do you have for MIP this year? Well, I'm going with Jamal Murray, but he was kind of okay. too good down in the bubble that he's almost like, I think, it already reached that level where we know what he can be at. He just has to be playoff or bubble Jamal Murray during the regular season because his regular season last year started off very slow. He got it together a little bit, but he only averages 18 points a game. In the playoffs, he averaged 26 a game on 45% shooting from downtown. And he also had those huge moments down there. Uh, and and I think I picked him last year to be uh, make an all-star team. And that's why I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't do it. And this year, I think if he doesn't, that'll be a huge disappointment. You know, you talk about Michael Porter Jr., who will have a bigger role for the Nuggets. But I think Jamal Murray is the key for Denver really putting themselves, elevating themselves into that top group because Jokic, I think, will be great. We know what he's going to do. But Murray showed down there in the bubble, he can be very, very special when he's on because he's got that ability to turn games and turn series. You know, I mean, he did that twice, really, against uh, against the Jazz and then against the Clippers. He And he hit some huge shots. Of course, they got the game against the Lakers where he was fantastic there as well. So he is the sort of guy, I think, uh, he's got superstar potential and I want to see him show it during the regular season. So what will he do this year? Because he's a bit like Jokic. He doesn't have that month where he has to play himself in. He's young. He should be ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I think the expectations on him are, are very, very big. So I just I just wonder, though, if that, you know, the, 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 the horse has already bolted, though, for that. Because it was like, yeah, he's already too good, like... We, if he puts up no, those because numbers. I think what you said, if he can continue to do what he did in the bubble, yeah. if he brings that to the regular season, then I think there's a case to be made. But yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just <laughs> awesome. He's just awesome to watch, though, Jamal Murray. You know, he uh, because that first season he was a little bit inconsistent. The second season as well. But down in 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 the bubble, I just thought that's the sort of guy that uh, he can be. He just needs to do that during the regular season. Do it consistently, night in and night out, because. Uh, Man, he had a couple of those huge performances, and, uh, and and if he can deliver that, then I think the Nuggets really do improve. They they had a bit of a rough off season, but he uh, he's the key for that team. Okay, so Jokic for MVP and Murray for MIP. <laughs> Nuggets number one seed. I had West. Jokic last year for MVP, and uh, I just don't think he can. I, I just don't think he can keep it together for the entire season. As great as he is. <laughs> all right. Well, let's hear from you guys uh, with all these awards, uh, the stream teamers, and everybody listening at No Dunk Sync. Let's hear your most improved player picks, uh, please. For the sake of my sanity, don't pick a second-year player. Uh, like what Tyler about John Hero. Moran? Good uh, John Moran. He was rookie last year. Hey, John, Mor- yeah, John Morant. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.? What year is he in? Is this year three He's for him, right? Third, yep. I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. I like the Jamal John Moran pick. John yeah. Morant, that's interesting. Yes, You gave him a, a dark horse nod for the MVP. Could he win? Rookie of the year last year, and then MIP and MVP this year. Wow. Give wow. them both. That's never been done. That would be a first. No. All right. We got a few more no. questions here in part two of our season preview series. Uh, but first, quick word from our sponsors. 
Whoa! Mac is back! You ever wish you could have it both ways? I do. Like a zero-calorie cheeseburger or staying up late but not feeling exhausted in the morning. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But you can have it both ways with Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got some polos, some tees, some undies, and I love them. Simple, soft, stylish. In fact, I'm wearing Mack Weldon right now. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. If you told me my silver PK polo was made from 100% cotton, I would 100% believe you. But those antimicrobial silver threads keep me feeling fresher longer. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, back to the questions, our burning questions, as we call them. This one's sort of looking backwards a little bit, but of course it impacts moving forward. Best under-the-radar off-season move. Trey, get us started. What got your attention? Skates, I got to ask you a question first. Yeah. How deep are we going here? How deep is an under-the-radar off-season move? I love the Robert Covington move for the Blazers. Okay. But this guy started for a playoff team. He's going to start for another playoff team. He's made all defense in the past. The Blazers traded two first-round picks for him. This was a big over-the-radar move. Would you agree? Yes. Like uh, like the start of a binge mode episode, I want you to go deep. Oh, we're going deep. All righty, then. Let me hit you with a little Seth Curry to the 76ers. Okay. Okay, I love okay. it. He should okay. start. He's going to shoot for the Sixers. He's got great percentages by percentage. The greatest shooter in NBA history, just like Lee Ellis, the greatest shooter in no dunks history. <laughs> Seth Curry only took five threes per game last year, though. I don't know exactly how he will work in the Doc Rivers system, but you have to imagine he's going to be taking more than that, maybe eight or nine. And that, to me, is the huge benefit over Josh Richardson, who is probably a better player on whole. Uh, but Curry just lets it fly. And that let it fly factor is so huge. You know, Josh Richardson would get a lot of looks on the outside that would maybe turn into a pump fake and suddenly he's shooting a 20-footer rather than something that's going to be worth another point by taking a few steps back. I just like adding a guy who all he's going to do is every time he touches it, 
make the right pass or shoot a three. That's exactly what the Sixers need. Downgrading talent-wise, I think upped their floor and their ceiling a little bit, getting a guy who's just going to be a knockdown shooter. Love it for Seth Curry. Not to mention they're getting some financial benefits as well. Josh Mm -hmm. Richardson going to be a free agent after this season, whereas Seth, Seth Curry is locked in for another three years on a pretty good deal. This was a great get for the Sixers. Yeah, ironically, I think Josh Richardson hit like six threes last night for the Mavericks. So yeah, he's stepping back. He's taking your advice there, Trey. But that's a deep one. I like that Seth Curry pick. People are uh, people are excited about yeah getting shooters back around Simmons and Embiid. We'll see how Doc uh, implements them. What do you got, Lily? I like uh, big Stephen Adams going to the New Orleans Pelicans. That was in a trade, that big 14 Ooh. trade. But, um, I mean, I don't know how under the radar that counts because Stephen's a very good player. But they, re- they re-upped him for two years and 35 mil while he was there. So he's a part of their short-term future there for sure. Um, yeah, but some I th- people disagree with this one, Lee. Well, some, see, I know Hollinger is not very high on yeah, this. Yeah, what so. I like about it, though, is he's just a good, strong, tough guy, which is what those younger guys, Ingram and Zion, need there. Because Zion's a big, powerful guy, but he's still a young you know, his body has still got some, some maturing to do there. Uh, and I have Steve, having Steven Adams there as well, he's a great screen setter. Uh, he gets in there, gets those rebounds. He's just a good, solid defensive player. And that's what these younger guys need because Brandon Ingram, I mean, what's he going into his uh, fifth season, is it, or fourth season? He still looks just so thin. He's, he's one of those guys like Chris Bosch. He just can't put weight on, it seems. And so I think that's going to be, as great as he's been offensively, he was very good last season. He does get uh, he he becomes a little bit exposed on the defensive end just because he can't sort of box out guys and use his body to his advantage. So I think having Stephen Adams there is uh, is is a is a nice uh, contribution to that team, a nice addition. I think it was good of David uh, Griffin to go out and get him. All right. Yeah, I was super super high on him when they made the pick. I, I do understand the the feeling out there that Stephen Adams just clogs the lane for Zion Williamson and, and other guys uh, because they're they're just. Not a lot of shooting on that team. Uh, Zion needs uh, to get to the rim. If you see a shot chart from last night, it's just a bunch of dots at the rim. It's Eric all Bledsoe, Yeah. Yeah. And Eric Bledsoe uh, ain't stretching it out. You can leave him. Lonzo Ball, although that shot has improved, that's that's a worry. But I, I am in the, the, the camp that somehow Steven Adams is going to make things right. It's probably a bit of a uh, just a... Just, uh, it, it, it's a love affair with Steven Adams that I have. That's why I'm definitely, <laughs> I feel good about it. Stan Van Gundy is obviously going to like him at the rim um, yeah. to make his defensive presence known, but they're going to have to figure that out. Him and, and Zion for sure. Zion handling the ball there though, on the outside uh, guys are, are sort of sagging off him and it, it almost doesn't matter. He's just going to get to the rim no matter what, even if there isn't any shooting out there, it sure looks like he's just too big and too strong. So um, he's got that juice going. Everybody excited for him last year, Kool-Aid drinking in the preseason. It seems like it's happening again. He's, he is looking uh, he's looking good so far. Who do you have, uh, Tass, as your uh, under-the-radar move? Like Trey, I'm going deep into the league. Um, Bryn Forbes of the Milwaukee Ooh, Bucks. Wow, all right. I thought I was deep and you went subterranean. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn Forbes! Bryn Forbes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'm overvaluing him because his last name is Forbes. Yeah, (laughs) he's on your your list. Yeah, he's on my top 50 of transactions of this year. Uh, Under the radar, (laughs) definitely. But uh, but for the San Antonio Spurs in his four years, he shot 40% from three. He is a starter the last two years uh, for the Spurs. He's 27 years old, so he knows his role. Like sort of Seth Curry, uh, this is where he gets his money. Uh, He's just got to be a shooter. 
And uh, who is going to be that fifth guy, as Trey brought up earlier? You know your four guys on the floor are going to be Drew, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Chris Middleton. Bryn Forbes isn't a defender, uh, but at the same time, do you have to be with those four guys I mentioned? Probably not. You can look back at the Bucks last year and say, well, Kyle Korver didn't really work out. He's sort of in that same vein. Marvin Williams didn't really work out. He's in that same vein. But Bryn's a lot younger. And uh, I, I, just, I just got faith in him as uh, you know to be a system defender. And he's going to get some minutes, get some burn, uh, because he's playing for Mike Budenholzer. And so Dante DiVincenzo is starting at shooting guard um, at this point. Uh, Bryn Forbes, I think, will get uh, his chance in the backcourt along with DJ Augustine. And the guy just lights it up. So just stand there and hit shots. I think uh, we'll be seeing some Bryn Forbes threes made this season. Uh, Even though he didn't make highlights last year with the Spurs, he was knocking them down. Yeah, going from Popovich to Budenholz is a pretty smooth transition, I think. Because I I think Bryn Forbes is uh, is actually pretty decent offensively. I think he's a a solid player. He can hit those shots. He had, I think he had a couple of games where he hit six or seven threes. So he's capable of doing it. But uh, a little inconsistent. But uh, again, Popovich has probably said to Budenholz, this guy's not too bad. I'm going to be... Completely transparent here. I forgot Brent Forbes was on the Bucks. I thought when we were looking at that Spurs photo yesterday when we were talking about the best jerseys that Brent Forbes was in that photo. But he wasn't because he's on the Bucks. So that's a deep pull for sure. And you like him uh, contributing. I can see it. Uh, a name we already mentioned actually uh, on this podcast that I thought was an under-the-radar season move. Um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I, now, I, I don't think the Wolves are ultimately going to make the playoffs, as I've talked about. I think they are going to come up short, but he is exactly the type of guy they need. Um, and he was solid for the Raps at times last year. And he is just oh, a yeah. defensive-minded guy. He can still, he can sort of, he's a bit of a streaky guy. He can catch these like weird games where he just doesn't miss a shot every once in a while. And he had one in preseason for the Wolves, uh, I guess that was last night or the night before. So that's a nice pickup. That is a nice little move, very under the radar. But those are the type of guys that you want to put around star guys, especially to help... Uh, defensively and he might get some burn there under Ryan Saunders uh, for the Timberwolves so I'll, I will go with him I will also say it was one of the biggest moves of the offseason but we talked about it from the Bucks side of things and them getting Drew Holiday the Pelicans nabbed two firsts and two pick swaps for Drew Holiday it sort of I mean I know it was written about at the time but that's pretty damn good return on a guy that we all talked about leaving eventually and Griffin you know and Langdon you know to leverage Milwaukee's fear of basically losing Giannis into getting two vets, one in which they're keeping in Bledsoe, one in which they already traded in George Hill, and then these years' worth of lottery picks? That's a smooth, smooth-ass move. Uh, for a team that's, like, it's not really going to kill, like, what they're doing this year, too. I think the Pelicans still have, uh, you know, plans to make the play-in tournament, right? To make the playoffs with uh, some of their vets in Redick and Adams around their young talent and Ingram and Zion and stuff like that and Ball. Um, but then they get all these bites of the apple. If Giannis leaves, for I mean, those could be incredible picks. So let's give a little love to Griff, who we love on this show. A move was manscaped. It was smooth ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk puns. We always do this question for some reason. We've continued to do it uh, in our season previews. It's to predict a puntastic New York Post headline. Uh, Again, we've done this for five, six, seven years now. So, Lee, why don't you get us started? What New York Post punny headline are we going to see this year? Well, the first, very first game of the regular season on opening night is Warriors at Nets. Uh, That's huge. What a great start to the season. 
And I think the Nets get the win. And I think on the front page, you're going to see a picture of a smiling Kevin Durant yep. with the words above his each shoulder, sort of in between his head there uh, or surrounding his head, easy money. You know, he's easy money yeah, sniper. Yeah, yeah. And then below it, it just says, KD KO's former team. Ooh, you know. Okay, okay, okay. So, wow. The, the New York Post showing some Nets love. I mean, they're yeah. usually focused on the Knicks. But, uh, okay. that Hey, that very, very plausible, I would say. Mm-hmm. What, what do you have, Tass? Well, the Knicks head coach is Tom Thibodeau. He's going to want to win basketball games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's going to happen in New York this season. So when things are not going very well <laughs> and uh, they keep losing games, there will be a front page with Tom Thibodeau yelling, uh, screaming with the headline, The Thibbing Point? Is it over? Are we going to have to uh, hand this guy? Okay. Uh, you know, that's, that's what the writers will go with. Yep. Um, I think that's that's very, very possible. Maybe like sort of uh, scales involved somehow in the graphic with him yelling there. Yeah. All right. The yeah. City. Hopefully Justice Winslow beats them and it's the scales of justice. Oh, on the front. Oh, now you're going next <laughs> level. Oh, wait, see, he's on the uh, Grizzlies. Isn't Grizzlies. He, he is yeah, on the Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Trey? What's your New York Post headline we're going to see? The only Tom Thibodeau one I could come up with was nice ice. There was no, there was nothing that actually made sense for it. Just the fact that uh, there have been numerous late nights we've had talking about a business opportunity called nice ice that would deliver ice to your house when you most desperately need ice. That's great. We're talking artisanal ices here. But that is not mine. Mine, uh, mine is Obi Toppin related. Uh, not only is he a New York guy, he's got the perfect name for puns. So I yep. think that's two of the reasons that the Knicks drafted him. Maybe he dunks really hard on somebody's head on Toppin. Maybe oh. he, uh, maybe he gets injured. Oh, Nobi. Maybe he has a 50 point game. Wobi Obi. I don't know. He's got a perfect name for punning. Go crazy. Post. Oh, what about uh, he hits a game winner? Obi Wan. Well, look at this, <laughs> guys. We are <laughs> we are Star in, Wars nights. You know they're having a Star Wars. We night. are in sync, Trey, because that was my pick as well. He's already made the New York Post already in the preseason. <laughs> Show it, JD. There it is. He cracked the back page of the New York Post with, which I think is actually a brutal uh, take on his name. Top flight on mm. Obi Toppin. I mean, come on, you can do better than that. But maybe they're they're saving theirs for the regular season. <laughs> so you said it. You know, Star Wars night. That's an obvious one. Obi Wan Kenobi. It's, it's it, twice in there for crying out loud. The Knicks defeat the Spurs. Top of the pops. All right. <laughs> and then yeah. Lee, I think you'll like this one. Although it's better to say than read. I realized after a monster Obi Toppin 2020 night, we're gonna get like an Austin Powers inspired. Oh, behave. <laughs> but I realized it won't look as good when you write it out. Uh, because it's got to be like O-B-I. And then it just sounds like, and then you read it as have. Like it says O-B have, but it's O-B have. Um, okay, so this is a real Game Boy yeah, game you found. Austin Powers O-B-Have made by Rockstar Games, the maker of Grand Theft yes. Auto and Red Dead Redemption? Yes. This so is a must have. JD, you went to this a little early, but that's fine, my man. Yeah, Trey, I saw this in looking up up this dumb pun for Obi Topin. And I couldn't believe this game existed. Like, this is an Austin Powers Game Boy color game. <laughs> like, I got what a pun do in this. I don't know. I don't know, but we got to find out. I That's think we got to start up a No Dunks Twitch and play Obi. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, oh, those are, so what, yeah, Trey and I, you and I, uh, thinking up through all these Obi Topin puns that New York Post headline could uh, 
could do and it makes sense because they'd all be using uh, adobe photoshop <laughs> yeah all right oh, let's boy, end there. Oh, we got a great comment in the stream team from havander evander who says lmao i just imagine you guys sitting at home yep. thinking about your puns laughing by yourself yeah that's, that's exactly a- what we're doing and now we're doing it on a podcast from our homes laughing that's at ourselves. definitely the, the the thibodeau ice was i was trying to work an ice one in there you know like ice ice baby or something like that but i oh what about ice to beat you uh, <laughs> <laughs> they right? put his head on Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. from that Batman I, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ice Ice, yeah. <laughs> ice, ice Obi. Yeah, the thing is, the ice, the ice just doesn't work because that's like him just calling it out on defense, you know. Yes. Like, but it's it's so it's so um, ingrained in what Tibbs does. That's what we're going to hear. So you're trying to figure it all out. I don't know. Anyway. Right. Right. Okay. Well, if you have a, a New York Post headline that you expect mm. we'll see this year, let us know in the stream team. Let us know. Uh, tweet at us at No Dunk Sink. I love the, the cherry on Toppin by for Ooh, Tristan that's, yeah. Raymond. That's nice. nice. I mean, that's the funniest. Real, real Obi well Toppin. You like you think you're going to go with Obi. But actually, it's the top, and that you're probably going to have more to play mm. with with that top. Mm. You know, there's not a lot of things that rhyme with Obi, really. There's not a ton. Obi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there are some. <Bobby. laughs> there's not as much as you think. All right. You got one? Uh, <laughs> no, because it's point. not. It's not at the front of my lobby. Uh, my frontal <laughs> lobe. <laughs> Okay, I liked it. I like that. They nice say it, man. All right, let's call it there. For part two of our burning questions season preview series. Uh, get your No Dunks merch, nodunks.com. Get your questions in for our next beach stepping. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. That's the best way to get them to us. Leave your five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Back tomorrow, back on Wednesday, to answer more burning questions about the upcoming NBA season. Can't wait. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the name of the 90s R&B group that we talked about earlier is definitely Tony, Tony, Tony. It's not Tone. I'm not sure if that was a joke. Oh, probably. Oh, but oh, it's that's, Tony, yeah. Tony, Tony. <laughs> Obi, Obi, Obi! (laughs) 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 Embrace the day, people! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.